Join me, if you would, please, in your Bible to the book of Mark, chapter number 2. We continue our study in the book of Mark. We have now preached probably four or five messages out of the book of Mark. And we're all the way through chapter 2. So take your Bible today, and and, uh, I might have to finish this tonight, because I have been threatened several times already this morning. Uh, Not that... uh, it bothers me much. Some of them said I need to keep it short on account of my throat. One guy said he's going to cut it if I did not. So I guess I better hurry. And I'd like to welcome all you backslidden church members by way of the, our stream. You folk who are out in, uh, where is it, Seattle, Washington. Is that who they're playing? And I hope it is cold and foggy and miserable And uh, have a good time at the ball game today. All right, Mark chapter number 2, verses 1 through 12. Many of you might remember me preaching a sermon out of this text entitled, Four of a Kind Beats a Full of... He beats full... Four of a Kind Beats a Full... What did I say? Good sermon, wasn't it? I couldn't even remember it. Besides that, I got it written down right there. Four of a kind beats a full house. But I haven't played poker in so long, I was wondering if I had it backwards or not. But thank all you gamblers for straightening me out. You've been watching poker at night on television, I know. All right. The Bible says we welcome all of our friends by way of radio around the world and of our live stream. We're so glad that you've joined us. And those of you who have traveled so far to be in our service today, we sure thank you for making us a part of your worship and your day. And again, the Bible said, and again, he entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noise that he was in the house straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them no not so much as about the door and he preached the word unto them and they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy which was born of four and when they could not come nigh unto him for the press they uncovered the roof where he was And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately... When Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thy house. And immediately 
he arose, took up the bed, went forth before them all, insomuch that they were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. I think a good message would be, We never saw it on this fashion. You know, I think every once in a while it'd just be nice around church if God done something we couldn't explain. God had saved somebody that we didn't think he could save. Healed somebody that we didn't think that God was in the healing business. Unscrew old scourge from some of his money. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Where'd my old man, amens go? My old man turned into old me's whenever I said something about untightening Scrooge from his money. Our Father today, we want to bless your name. We want to exalt uh, the, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, today we just want to uh, see people saved. Sins forgiven. Names written in the book of life. Eternity settled forever. And Lord, we ask you to do it today for Jesus' sake. And in his name we pray, amen. As I open this chapter, I see it says, and again. Again, he entered into Capernaum. Of course, you remember what took place the last time he came to Capernaum. You'll find that over in chapter 21 of verse 1 when he went to the synagogue and there he found out that the devil goes to church. And sure as the world, there in the synagogue, they had their own personal demon-possessed individual. Jesus cast that demon out. And uh, the, the Bible said, And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region around about Galilee. So now the Bible says, And again he comes to Capernaum. Evidently Capernaum must have been his uh, operation headquarters. And it says, and after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. I wonder if it'd make any difference if Jesus was in the house. Now, I just wonder if, if maybe if Jesus got in here, we could uh, stifle all of our advertisement. We could even turn off our high dollar sign if Jesus was in the house. You know what will happen if Jesus gets in the house? It'll be noised abroad that he's here. You cannot keep it quiet, folks. Folk get saved. They'll take off and tell somebody they got saved. Folk get right. And then Gail go everywhere and tell everybody it's all right. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just wonderful whenever Jesus is in the house. Good news spreads real fast. If you look back over in chapter 1, you notice, if you would please, in verse number 40, and there came a leper to him beseeching him uh, and kneeling down to him and said unto him, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean, clean, not saved, clean. You know what happens when you get saved? You not only get saved, you get clean. <laughs> can you say amen? Uh, you know, if he can clean from leper, surely he can clean from alcohol. I said, if he can clean from leprosy, that old uh, sorry, uh, flesh-devouring disease that which makes our joints and our members fall off, surely if he can take care of that, he can handle your smoking problem. 
I'm, I'm just wondering maybe if he can take care of all of these dreaded diseases. Maybe he can take care of what you're watching on the internet. Maybe he can let you overcome those things. Maybe he can loosen your wallet when it comes to the things of God. By the way, you're not going to take it with you anyhow. Just leave it here so the kids can fight over it. Now, don't give it to God where that anything could happen good with it. Don't uh, dare invest it in eternity. Don't do that. Wait till, uh, wait till you pass off and that way all the kids can have a heyday fighting over all that 50 cents you left. Uh, don't you thank me? Now, notice if you would, please. Good, good, good news travels fast. Notice he tells this leper now. And straightway charged him, verse 43, and forthwith sent him away and said unto him, See thou say nothing to any man. A lot of folks said, I'm just like that leopard. God told me not to say anything. Verse 45, but he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze it abroad the matter insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city. Good news travels fast. Jesus came to town again. Somebody started talking about him being down at a house. Now, I'll tell you whose house it was in a little while when we start talking about taking the roof off. What if that was your house? Would you say, Jesus, would you move this meeting next door? Come on now, I'd like to have an amen. Uh, just, Bob, what are you willing to invest in getting the neighbors right with God? I mean, just really what in the world? If that had been your house, I'll guarantee there'd have been an uproar. You'd have said, hey, wait a minute. That's not on the program. What if that had been your house? Do you know, as sure as the world, Jesus has an agenda. Now, the problem is, is his agenda, our agenda. The the problem is not Jesus in the house. The problem is not the house. The problem is all the folks that's in the house getting on the same page that Jesus is on. Now, I could talk about four of a kind beats a full house. I could talk about the men. I could talk about Jesus in the house. But I'd kind of like to know what does Jesus want to accomplish in the house? I mean, don't come to church and not learn anything. And I want you to know everybody in this congregation in the Bible, everybody in this congregation has an agenda. They came for a specific reason. They were not there by accident. Why are you here? What is on your agenda today? Before 12 o'clock, of course. There's no doubt what's on it at 12.01. But from 11 to 12, what do you want to be accomplished? Is it just to burn up 45 minutes of your life? Is it so you could hear the trio saying, boy, they did a great job. 
and the choir. I hope it's not because you wanted to come and look at Brother Pickett or myself. But what is Jesus' agenda? And how close are we to being on the same page with him? Maybe just a couple of introductory statements, if that would be all right. Notice in the first place, verse 1, Jesus always draws a crowd. And it was north to broad. And notice they did not have to put a Billy Graham program together. They did not have to get church cooperation to get a crowd. They did not have to have chow down Sunday or cowboy breakfast to get a crowd. Jesus always draws a crowd. Look at verse 33, if you would please, on the other page uh, of your Bible, of chapter number 1. The Bible said, all the city was gathered together at the door. There's one thing about it, folks. If we would just leave ourselves at home and give Jesus a chance to be in our church We don't have to worry about advertisement. We don't have to worry about polish or pomp. Jesus will always draw a crowd. Can anybody say amen? I tell you, I'd just like to be there when something happens, wouldn't you? I'd just like to be there when the unexplainable happens. I was preaching a revival years ago, back before, uh, you know, before time began. It had to be at least 40, 40 some years ago. And the preacher was so tight that he would have a me lead singing one night and Jerry preached one night and then I would preach the next night and Jerry would lead singing. That way the tightwad preacher didn't have to pay for a singer and a preacher. So he didn't give us anything. But I preached one night in a tent in Roanoke, Texas and I preached on... The most unusual funeral in the Bible. We must have sung 150 verses of Just As I Am. Had 13 church members saved that night. Sunday school superintendent came forward and said, I've known for a year I was lost and I want to be saved tonight. Drunks were staggering in off the street we'd never seen before and fallen to the altar of God begging for mercy. A train stopped on the track and stopped and the conductor yelled, what's going on over there? I said, I don't know, but I hope it keeps her going. Just something explainable. Just something magnificent. Just something divine. Something eternal. That's what we need around here. And it ain't going to happen if Jesus ain't here. And I want to just make a few statements. When Jesus is here, he always draws a crowd. Number two, uh, when Jesus is here, people will always come to hear his word. You, You don't have to put on all the fancy. You don't need a praise team. Ain't nothing about praise when you got to whoop it up anyhow. You got to whoop up praise. That ain't praise. Praise just comes because of what God has done. And you know, praise don't start down here and work up through here and go. Oh. You don't work that up. Praise comes from up down. 
not down up. And they came to hear the word. Verse 2. Thirdly, not only when Jesus is in the house will he come to hear the word, not only will he fill the house, not only, but three people overcome obstacles, verse 3 and 4. Couldn't get the guy in. What are we going to do? What's the ball game? Let him die and go to hell. We ain't got time to mess around and tear the roof off. <laughs> 12 o'clock starts the ball game. Lost my amens. Lost my amens. Please help me. Now, just a minute. Amen, preacher. You're right. <laughs> uh, obstacles are always coming up. Obstacles like people. Obstacles like pride. Obstacles like said, you know what a roof costs? You know how ridiculous this is? You turn up my roof to get that no good paralytic thing down here. You better look at the program again. But now there's something different when Jesus is in the house. They ain't looking at the roof. They looking at him. And when they, he's in the house, you're not worried about the roof. You're concerned about him. And whenever Jesus is in the house, ladies and gentlemen, it just takes care of all the obstacles. Uh, can you imagine? Uh, can you imagine when Jesus is in the house, people will misunderstand. In verse number seven, the Bible said, well, who does he think he is? I mean, only God can forgive sins. And when Jesus is in the house, people are going to misunderstand. The homeowner is going to misunderstand that this is not what I had in mind about having Jesus here. I did not mean to look up and see a hole so huge that you can get a couch that will seat five people down through the hole. I was not planning on that. By the way, did you come to church today with your plans or open to God's plan? I mean, it's interesting. If you came for your plans, uh, you'll get that. But I just wonder how many today came. Just introductory statement now. I don't mean a thing. I, I know it don't. It's not preacher or anything. I'm just wondering if maybe if Jesus were in the house, there might be some misunderstandings when he starts doing what we really didn't want him to do to start with. Yeah, amen. I was preaching one time on faith promise. Preaching to a whole whole fellowship full of preachers. And I was preaching on, on uh, Abraham. And I was preaching on uh, Abraham. I want the one that you love. I, I do what? Ishmael. I want you Isaac to live. And I said, God is not wanting that which you God's wanting that that nobody in the world knows but you. Preacher walked up to me and said, how would you know I had that hundred stuck back? Huh? When Jesus is in the house, he'll do things you don't understand. He'll get you to do things you wasn't planning on doing before you left the house. Uh, He he might bring a tear in your eye that if you'd stayed home, you'd never had that tear. He may open heart surgery. When Jesus is in the house, there'll be things done you won't understand. Huh? I just think maybe, would it be nice to have Jesus in the house? Would it be nice if we came to church, we just surrendered and say, Lord, it's all yours. Not only when Jesus is in the house, you know, you just think about this. Uh, there'll be uh, people receive forgiveness. 
Jesus said, thy sins be forgiven thee. There will be opposition, verse 6. When Jesus is in the house, there will be pokes in the back. You know, look like a toad frog. Eating lizards bigger than they are. Opposing everything that's going on. Ain't no use anybody being that happy. Bless God. I'll fix this happy bunch. There'll be opposition. When Jesus is in the house, notice the last verse. People will be amazed. And God will be glorified. Isn't that something? How long has it been since you went to church and left amazed? Maybe bored? Maybe tired? Maybe restless? But I mean me, amazed. Out of your mind. Wow. Has it been a while? See, when Jesus is in the house, all those things happen. Now, With that in mind, what would you say Jesus' agenda was? We've gone through the whole smear, all 12 verses. We've looked at them one by one. What was his agenda? That's what I want to know. I want to get in on his agenda. I'd like to get on the same page with my Lord. Can anybody say amen? Amen. Everyone has an agenda now. You just look at that crowd, man. There is a crowd of folk there. Notice the Bible said many were gathered together in the book of Mark. Many were gathered together. You'll see that uh, in verse number two. Many were gathered together. I wonder how many of them went to that meeting with Jesus' agenda on their mind. I wonder how many folks left their homes this morning, not only going to our church, but churches all around. I wonder how many left home this morning with nothing in the world important to them except Jesus' agenda. I wonder how many blood-bought, blood-washed, Forgiven, sealed, satisfied saints of God this morning came to church with nothing but Jesus' agenda on their mind. See, everybody has their own agenda. This one has its own agenda. That one has her own agenda. I know her. She You got to watch her. What is your agenda? Let's look at uh, the crowd. Let's examine the crowd. First of all, if you look at that crowd, and you know anything about your Bible, I'll bet you Satan was there. I'll bet you Satan had an agenda. What was the agenda? Can I find it in your Bible, please? Take your Bible. Let's you and I look and see. And maybe in verse number two. And straightway, many were gathered together 
in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. I wonder just what the devil would do to keep this man from Jesus. He might fill the place so full of unconcerned onlookers, miracle-seeking, sign-seeking individuals, and fill the place so large, so full, and box our Lord in so that no one could get to him. The devil has an agenda and has to keep this man from getting to Jesus. The devil has an agenda today to keep sinners, neighbors, friends, loved ones that we have anything he can do to keep them away. It may be your lifestyle. It may be your attitude. It may be your fear. Whatever it is, the devil will do anything to keep your neighbors from getting to Jesus. He'll even make somebody mad. Some sinner will walk in and sit down in your seat. Your seat. The one you've been sitting in so long. You know the one that the preacher can't preach if you get into that area of the church. (laughs) Or park in your parking place. Just anything that he can do to keep someone who has a broken heart a broken life, anything just to keep that one from getting to Jesus. That's what the devil wants. The devil wants you and your wife arguing before you leave home over something real important. Have we fed the dog yet? Or is the pet rock still trying to have little pebbles? Something that's earth shaking, you know. He's slick, isn't he? He has an agenda. He's there. He's got, a bar, he's got Jesus boxed in. He can't get out. Nobody can get in. So full. Can't even get to the door. It looks like somebody would have seen that man who needed help. It looked like they'd be a concerned Christian who say, I, I will sit outside. I will listen. I'll watch it on video. Anything. Get this man to Christ. No, not one. Not one in my book or in the book of Luke or in the book of Matthew. Not one offered to move to let this man to Jesus. By the way, that's what church is all about. Getting people to Jesus. Not sitting in the seat so long it smells like you. Not getting mad because somebody did something wrong. The devil's got an agenda. And it's a way far from Jesus' agenda. I think maybe there's a, somebody else there. Now look at the multitude. They had an agenda. The multitude had an agenda. Why were they there? Verse number two, the Bible said that many were gathered together. I wonder... Why they were there. 
Well, chapter 1, verse 21 through 27, he cast out a demon. Verse 29 through 31, he heals Peter's mother-in-law. If he was the first pope, why don't they all get married? Chapter 32, I mean, verse 32, 34, he heals many, 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 so many that the people's at the door. Verse 35, runs into a man that's a leper and he heals him. Could it be that the multitude's there just to see a miracle? I wonder if they're there for the right reason. I wonder if they're there for the show. I wonder if they're there just to see him do it again. I know one thing, they wasn't there in compassion to get out of the way to let the guy in. Now I wonder, why are you here? If you come to the show, there's a lot better one on television. Old Smiley from down in Houston, man. He can put on a show. In fact, he's filled up football stadium. He put on a show. If you just come be entertained, Channel 5, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, any of them will entertain you. What is your agenda? Are you one of the crowd that just come to see and say, I've been here? Well, I just, just asking, because I didn't want to make anybody mad. Everybody's got an agenda. The religious crowd had an agenda. You say, what's that? Well, let's you now look at verse number number six and seven. The Bible said, and uh, there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Can I read you out of the book of Luke, chapter number 15? I read for you verse number, I mean, chapter number 5, verse number 17. Came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. Can you imagine? All the doctors, the Pharisees, the scribes, they're all there. Why are they there? They do not believe in the resurrection. They do not believe the gospel. If they believe that Jesus is a, is a illegitimate, why are they there? What is the agenda of the doctors, the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees? Now I know why the Sadducees are sad, you see. And I know why the Pharisees are fair, you see. The doctors are there. Now, why would they be there? Are they sick? Are they seeking salvation? Do they want to be saved? Or are they there to critique, question, spread doubt? Well, this ain't going to work. What is your agenda? Well, I know somebody can preach better than Wolfenbarger. Well, they can't preach here. 
because I'm preaching. And you say, well, I like them better. Well, either get your television or go where they're preaching. I'm not leaving. I am the best preacher preaching here today. And I'll be the best one preaching tonight. <laughs> and I'm the best one. I'm the only one. I called Jim yesterday. This is how you lead great leaders. I called Jim yesterday. I said, Jim. He said, hello. I said, I'm not going to do anything. I'm too tired to do anything. I'm going to go home and do nothing. Is there anything I can do to help you today, Jim? (laughs) Jim said, preacher, thank you for your honesty. Bye. (laughs) You say, I'm critical of that. Well, I thought I'd wake up your agenda in a minute. If you're around to hear a fine fault, if you'll come to my office tomorrow, I'll save you a lot of trouble. I'll fill up your little black book of things you can gripe about. Amen. I said, amen. Oh, everybody has an agenda. The crowd, the devil, huh? The religious crowd. The four friends had an agenda. I like their agenda, don't you? We're going to get him to Jesus somehow or another. He's our friend, bless your Lord. They have a, a determination I like. And they run into difficulties. And that don't help them guys. And they have a deliverance in mind. And then Jesus said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And their effort is rewarded. Can I please close with this? Peter had an agenda. You say, well, Peter's not mentioned. Well, now, as you know, the gospel of Mark is the gospel according to Peter. Gospel of Mark is taken from the preaching of Peter, pinned down by Mark. So, more than likely, this house belonged to Peter. And I'll just bet you, As Jesus was reading the word and the tile and the dust started hitting everybody's head, Peter obtained an agenda. This was not in the program. This is my house. He says to himself, I wonder If I made the last month's insurance premium. Come on, help me now. What if it's your house? What if you're sitting there? And the word is being read. And suddenly you hear somebody on the housetop with claw hammers taking the shingles and the tile off the top of your house. Would that bother your worship any? Yes, sir. Be honest. Would that bother your worship any? Would that frustrate you? Would you start worrying about your last month's insurance premium and wonder if this is covered under your premium? And as the tiles begin to fall, do you think maybe that Peter said, I didn't know this was going to cost me this much. Yeah. Yeah. 
Have you ever said, I'd really sell out to God, but I wonder what it would cost me. What will I have to quit? What will I have to give up? I just wonder. Do you have an agenda today? And if you do in closing, is it even close to be on the same page with Jesus? You say, what is Jesus' agenda? Thought you'd never ask. Watch this. Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Son, that word placed him into the family of God. As many as receive him to them, give you the power to become what? Sons of God. Two beautiful words. Son, placed him into the family of God. Thy sins be forgiven, they placed him in the fellowship with God. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and know not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is the light, then the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin and we have fellowship one with another. Two beautiful words. That's our Lord's agenda. See, Jesus did not come to run the devil away and he did not come to run the multitudes away and he did not come to run the religious crowd away. He did not come to run the fool away. He came to run sin away. Did you come today to have God deal with your sins? That's why Jesus is here. Jesus is of the sin getting rid business. Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Oh, blessed word of all the book to a burdened soul is you are forgiven. That sin burdened soul that's bound for hell as sure as, as we're here today. Forgiven is the most wonderful word in all of God's language. Son, thy sins, those things which are weighting you down, those things that drove David to his knees in Psalm 51, when he cried out, my sin is ever before me. You can't get rid of your sin by yourself. At night when you go to sleep, yes, according to Job, as you lay your heads on the pillow and sleep will not come, sin will hound you as an old dog on the trail of his prey. Wherever you go, your sin will be there. You close your eyes and the sin is in your dreams. You open your eyes and sin is in your life. You say, preacher, I don't know why I came today. Why don't you come for why Jesus come? To deal with your sins. Think of being forgiven. 
The debt is discharged. The guilt is gone. The conscience is cleansed. The past is pardoned. And the record removed. The Bible said if we say we have no sin. We make him a liar and a truth that's not in us. Why are you here today? Well, I just come to hear. Why don't you come and get on the same page with Jesus about your sin? If we say we have no sin, we lie. The truth is not in us. Have you ever read that verse? 1 John 1 and 8. If we say we have no sin, we lie and the truth is not in us. But, verse 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful. And just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Oh, you may have a limp, but that ain't your real problem. What caused the limp is your real problem. You say, me and my wife's got problem and I don't know what it is. Hey, I bet it all started over S-I-N. Christ's agenda is to deal with with our sins. Would to God people start going to church again to get on the same page with Jesus. Well, I know yours is not real bad. I know that Tracy's sin's not near as bad as John's because John's wife's been talking to me. I'm not going to deal with it. Yeah, you got your own agenda. 